episode four of the Big Sky Boneheads podcast. Thank you for finding us. My name is Michael Gray. His name is Scott Hershey. A reminder that if you found us for the first time, uh, please do the subscribe, rate, review, dance wherever you find your podcasts. And I uh, hope you're going to enjoy this episode, man. We had a chance to sit and talk to Trevor Kirkland, a uh, Montana-based sprint car driver, about his adventures across the country and what it means to be in a racing family and a mess of other things that go with a very, very busy summer for those guys i feel like you know this is right in my wheelhouse because dirt track ah, racing I get what you did there yeah wheelhouse the steering wheel thing uh my family you know four generations of racers so uh, it was fun to sit down and talk to trevor yeah and there's some other things going on uh with montana this week we got more bad news from california ah and what should be a floating segment on this uh this particular podcast uh california ruins everything <laughs> and uh they continue to lay siege to Montana in such a way that of the 10 most San Francisco-like markets in terms of unlivability, uh, we made the list twice. And if you think the uh, list was uh, made by somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about, it was in a San Francisco newspaper. That's who published the list. Yes. They know what they're looking for. It's from the San Francisco Chronicle, uh, and San Francisco being the epicenter of upside-down real estate markets. I think the last I read, the median home cost in San Fran is $1.23 million. Ah. That's the median. And speaking of which... Uh, immigration from San Francisco to Montana up 140%. Thank you, pandemic. Yeah, Helena um, was on the list. Uh, Missoula was number one. Yeah. Sometimes we hear Bozeman. Uh, we Well, a lot we hear Bozeman, but uh, Missoula number one. Helena was 10th on the list. There was a bunch of people, places in the West Coast. And uh, so that's uh, going to do nothing for you if you're looking uh, to buy a house here or trying to find somewhere affordable to live. Uh, if you're selling a house, awesome. You just have to leave far. <laughs> I feel uh, like this is good publicity for us, though, because that was like a list of places not to try to move to. <laughs> so it's good that we had two places in Montana on that list. Well, I wonder, because historically, the places that are on that list, San Diego, San Francisco, Seattle, New York, people keep moving those places. Yeah, they do. Uh, which drives the uh, the values up. It has been uh, a real issue, and I know... Uh, certainly, there are a lot of uh, fun jokes to be had. The show Yellowstone is not helping us. I've heard from a number of people that I know from around the country, like, oh, my God, me and my husband, we watch Yellowstone. We're in love with Montana now. We want to come and visit. I'm like, no, <laughs> you stay where you are. You have to visit because there's nowhere to live. That's that's the thing. You don't have shelter. You won't have any, a roof over your head. You're just going to have to stay in that tent the whole time if you decide to move here. And currently, if you are coming in from out of state in a vehicle, it will cost you $875,000 in gas. So there's another reason <laughs> to maybe avoid it. Uh, no, no end in sight to that end. Uh, we have a ton of people checking the place out. There's a lot to love here. Uh, I mean, it. it be easy for me to say, you know, oh, stay gone. This place is terrible. It's a slag pile, except it's not. Uh, and that's why people come and they visit and then they stay. Well, we keep talking about this over and over with different lists, different statistics. All the at what point do we just swallow it and say we we don't have houses? The ones we do are really expensive. <laughs> if you want to move here, you're gonna have to pay a lot for a house, right. or you don't get one for a while. It's just uh, it's just the way it is, and I don't think it's gonna change for a while. No, and that's how you get a state full of uh, transplanted Californians because they're coming in cash in hand because they already did what we're doing. Uh, they they're selling condos for millions of dollars and coming here going what it's only eight hundred thousand dollars that's the cheapest house I've ever seen <laughs> and buying it cash 
for 40% above list and apparently only in Missoula. Yeah, it turns out all those uh, U-Hauls coming from California to Montana not only have furniture in them, they have money. Uh, those, <laughs> those people are just able to pay that. It's amazing. I want to have that kind of problem. All right, from uh, one kind of hauler to another, we are joined now by race car driver Trevor Kirkland. And uh, I don't get to say that very often. Race car driver, that's exciting. It is. It is. It's. Uh, How often do you drop that on the ladies in just random conversation? Uh, I would bring it up all the time. It's been a few years since I've been able to do that. You know, I've been <laughs> married for quite a few years now, and uh, <clears throat> but yeah, back in the day it was. You can always bring that out of your pocket. Don't let him fool you. These sprint car drivers do that all the time. I was going to say, you could always do Come that. Come on. With, as just a you know a warning to the wife, like, don't make me do it. I will bring it up at the party that I'm a race car driver, and you know what that does to the ladies. Well, it brings a lot of competition, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious, man. I, you know, I'm, I'm originally from the state of Michigan. I grew up around race cars. My dad was in the SCCA. My mom drag raced. Uh, I've been to... I've been to NASCAR events, I've been to drag racing events and NHRA, I've seen dirt track racing, all of that. It occurs to me that racing in Montana and the community around it has to be a completely different beast. Uh, if for no other reason, then places are far, uh, as in apart from one another, and the community is much smaller. So you're spread out over a greater landmass, but I assume with a much smaller population of humans. Oh, for sure. From from car standpoint to fan standpoint, to, I mean everything involved. It's it's Montana is one big community, for sure. And it, uh, <clears throat> you know, Montana's unique in a situation where you know it's it's got a lot of draw from uh, three really good race tra dirt race tracks in the state of Montana. You know, Great, Great Falls, you got Belgrade, <clears throat> and then you got Billings. Um, from the dirt track standpoint, it's uh, they're very they're very competitive racetracks, nice racetracks. Uh, the Great Falls track just actually changed hands in the last couple of years, and as well as the Billings Speedway. So, a lot of money's been going back into those into those racetracks, and they're getting brought uh, <clears throat> up to date on a lot of fronts. You know, Great Falls has a new uh, uh, new tower, uh, <clears throat> which is kind of kind of fun. You can go up there and rent the uh, MVP booth up there and uh <clears throat> it's just it's just they're bringing different different things into it and trying to get more people involved for sure hey, you kind of nailed it when you said uh everything's spread apart uh but it's a smaller community right because uh, you try you cover a lot more ground nobody knows more about covering ground than sprint car drivers because they don't have a weekly or even a every other week race at any of the tracks in montana you guys with the full haulers have to cover a lot more miles than other people. And you're not only you know, racing at the three tracks in Montana, you're racing in, in Washington, you're racing in, I know, with the AS ASCS that you travel quite a bit. Well, we start and, in Price, Utah. This yeah, year. that's a that's a haul, especially yeah. with uh, um, oh gas prices. By the way, <laughs> uh, are, a, are a thing. Yeah. Is it going to be cheaper to race than it is to get there? Uh, yeah, that's that's the moving target, right? I mean, it's 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 definitely on the minds of, has the, of the teams for sure. Now, how much traveling do you do in a in a standard uh, whatever you consider to be a standard season? Well, I run kind of the the north. Well, our ASCS series is the Frontier Region. Um, <clears throat> last year, we were down obviously to Price, Utah, up to the coast, out to Skagit, Washington. Um, ran the Dirt Cup out there last that's year. That's a hike. Yeah, actually, I'm heading there tomorrow to go pick up. That's where my motors come from from shark race engines out there and then my frames come out there from triple x race co which is fun and it uh you get to go out there and spend a couple of days with those guys the vendors and <clears throat> kind of kick the kick the tires a little bit and talk about what's going on in the, in the racing and so it's kind of fun to go out there and spend some time with those guys outside of the racing world but it's a long ways uh one thing about montana racing is that uh, they're just 
so many families that are just generational. Um, my family raced for uh, four generations, I think, and I, and, I, and I've checked this, is I, th- I believe my family had the first four generations. So my grandpa raced, my parents raced, I raced, my son raced. So uh, four generations of that, and, and, and it goes back to the early 50s when racing started. But uh, how did you get into racing you know in, in uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna be in you know raised in indiana or you're raised even in the in the upper midwest there's gonna be track within 40 miles of you you're 10 five tracks within 40 miles but how'd you get into it well very very similar situation my grandpa raced my dad and my uncle raced um and i obviously been racing my kid has zero interest in it which is really he's oh yeah i mean he's uh how old he's 19 yeah and he, so he actually actually has no interest wow yeah it just decided not for me uh, he's been he's big in big into basketball, football. You know, he played that all through high school. Um, baseball growing up, um, to high school, which was I mean, it's you know, <clears throat> that's fun in its own realm. You know, it's is it a relief for me, you? or did you want him to follow you? <laughs> um, you'd like to share it with him for sure. I yeah, mean, yeah. I mean, it, the thing about ball sports is they end at high school or college. You know, I mean, it's right. it's over. You know, my dad and I are still racing. Yeah. This is actually our twenty fifth year of racing together. It will be. So it's uh, it's. You know that's that's the bummer part about it to me, but honestly, we can build different relationships outside of racing too. So, there is a life outside of racing. I just don't know what it is. <laughs> well, <Yeah. laughs> well, and it occurs to me when you make a, a decision like this, you know, if you become a plumber, there's no there's no major league in plumbing, right? You know, you're gonna be a plumber. That's gonna be your job. When you decide to go into racing, there are a lot of levels you can attain. You could become a race a team owner you could become a track operator you could try to uh, you could aspire to go up and end up on fox network television on sundays you know when you entered the thing what was what was your mindset what did you want to do with it well i i've always wanted to race sprint cars i mean that's we grew up actually our family vacation going was out to skagit and watch the dirt cup and you know <clears throat> that was that was my lifeblood for sure i wanted to be a sprint car driver and it's you know it uh I'm never really inspired to be the NASCAR fan or the, the that guy. Yeah, that guy. I mean, it's uh, NASCAR's fun. I mean, I I watch some of it. I call it NAPCAR usually because it is, <laughs> that's exactly what I do. It's, it takes way too long for it to get yeah. over. Which they're trying to they're trying to change that up a little bit and trying to add races inside of the race and and bring it a little. It's bit. not working. It's still two thirty <laughs> on a Sunday afternoon. I am out on the couch. Yeah, and that's that's. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of that either. I mean, the money the money in NASCAR's unbelievable obscene um but if you look at it right now i mean all the all the talents coming from the sprint car world i mean you got kyle larson right chase elliott's trying to get involved with it i mean it's there's <clears throat> alex bowman's racing sprint cars mm-hmm. um there's a lot of them that are that are coming from the sprint car world and are, are getting back involved with it and even with the nascar for people that are unfamiliar when, when we say sprint cars is the ones with the, the funny wing <laughs> it looks like half of a folded airplane on top right. of the thing and they're always they're never going in a straight line Ever. Right. It's just sliding in a it looks like you know, to to the untrained eye, it just looks like you guys are sideways the entire time bumping into each other and occasionally you end up on ESPN because somebody takes about a forty yard leap out of the track and lands in the parking lot. <laughs> I bet you've done that. Uh, not outside of the ballpark, but it uh, <laughs> I've not been in the in the parking lot, but I've I've taken a few crashes for sure. Um it uh it's all part of it. Life in the upside down. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, it's uh <clears throat> It's never fun, but it it happens. It's See, part of it. Well, one thing about one thing about sprint car racing, I think, is now when when I grew, I grew up dirt track Montana, that was it, and so uh, 
that was sprint car racing is kind of the pinnacle when they when they come to town uh faster uh just more action um to me sprint car racing should be bigger televised uh, but I think part of the reason it's not is it's almost like hockey. It's almost too fast and too chaotic to for capture. viewers who do yeah. not. Great to see live. You'll never, if you've never seen uh, sprint cars on dirt live, you have to try it. You have to see it because the the adrenaline is is just, it's it's undeniable. But for TV, I think it almost gets to be too tight. Too close. Where's the leader? It's like, where's the hockey puck in hockey? Right. Hockey's a great sport for those people who grew up with it and for watching it on TV. But why li- isn't it as successful as it has? And yet, NASCAR is boring. <laughs> and yet, here it is well, all these years later. It's still the only game on TV. I, I would I would come at you and say that the, the TV side of it is tough because there is a lot of downtime between the races. You got... You know, it, uh, it's not like NASCAR just goes for 200 and some laps I mean, or 500 laps or whatever right. it is. It, uh, it's, it's consistent. Mm-hmm. It, it's, well, and our deal is it's a 30-lap sprint. I mean, it's, you don't, when the green, green flag drops, it's, it's on until the checker drops. I mean, it's, it, there is no, there is no uh, time to <clears throat> conserve. There is no right. time, you know. It's, you've got to go. And it's because you've got 30, 30, 40 laps um, the, now that <clears throat> the uh, Knoxville Nationals is now 50 laps, but mm. now with that comes a what comes a fuel break because there's these tanks are only 30 30 gallons, and methanol burns twice as much as gas. So right. <clears throat> you go through a lot of methanol in a night of racing. So uh, you know it's I would say that's probably the most difficult part. You know you obviously got the weather, the dirt, the night, um, but. You know, Flow Racing's doing a really good job televising stuff. So if you can get on there and it's for 150 bucks a year, you can get on and watch as much racing as you can possibly. From <clears throat> NASCAR's got some stuff on there now. To you know, there's a lot of all venues of racing, which is nice. So uh, <clears throat> it's kind of cool to see what's going on there with Flow Racing, and and I, obviously I get in there and it brings me to watch, you know, a little more dirt or asphalt stuff. Sure. And, <clears throat> other venues are racing you know it's not just dirt how much in the you know i don't know how much you want to spill the tea on this but inside the the montana racing community or the rocky mountain uh racing community amongst the classes because there's always that and guys are guys you know they're gonna they're gonna compete and there's you know you're at the running these sprint cars um how much how much competition how competitive is it amongst the people in this region because i got to feel like there's got to be a certain level of cooperation there's only so many we've talked about the ground you guys have got to cover and the territory you've got to cover but then the green flag drops and uh screw that guy i'm going um so that's got to be a tough balance it is and and most of my true friends are you know i wouldn't say most a lot of my true friends are from racing sure from my years in racing and um, you don't, you take your friends to the racetrack. You don't go to the racetrack to make friends. So <laughs> it, it happens, it happens, uh, to make friends there, you know, over the time, but you know, you are going to bang wheels. You're going to, you're going to break expensive some, stuff. You're going to take somebody's line or you're going to you know, chop them or do this or that. And that's what you're there for. You're not there to make friends. And that's it. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, <clears throat> we're all, we all have the same, same, uh, interests you know stuff like that so it's it's fun from that standpoint but yeah you're it's 
it's hard to keep friends in racing. You get to know these people so well because you're all at the same place every weekend, every summer for years. You get to know their kids. I mean, these families are race families. And and it's kind of like rodeo. When we were talking to Dan Mortensen on the podcast, he was talking about being in the Olympics. And he said it's just another rodeo because it's the same people. Even mm-hmm. the Brazilians are still the same people that they are competing against anyway. And that's kind of the way racing is. Once in a while, every season, there's going to be a new guy or there's going to be somebody new with the car. Uh, and somebody moves to a different class. But overall, it's it, you get to know these people so well, especially in Montana. Uh, you know, if you're in the South, there's tracks everywhere. And so you might travel to your five tracks. And then somebody else who lives next door might actually go to four, five different tracks. Right Here, it's the same tracks. It's the same people. I grew up with these people, and I still know a lot of them today. But I go out to the track. And I'll see the same people. I haven't been to a race. I didn't go to a race at all last year. I'm hoping to go again this year. And I'll see the same people from when I grew up out there. And and that's how well you know. Well, the, you know, here's here's an example. Um, we might be rivals on the racetrack, but at the end of the day, we all have the same same interests and the same common goals. So, here's an example. This this last this off season here, uh, my main crew guy's son passed away in a car crash, and uh, <clears throat> he. He obviously he's he's uh, the kid didn't have much at this time. At, he's a young kid, and um, a lot the racing community came together and and you sent in donations and stuff to help sure. with the funeral costs. Mm-hmm. And I had people from the West Coast sending money out to me. It's it's uh, you know when, when tragic things happen, the racing community comes together. You might be you might be rivals on the racetrack. Sure. You might not get along at the racetrack, but at the end of the day, it's all one big family. So yeah. yes, when you say yeah. that. It's you see the same people, but yeah, it's 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 a family ordeal. You also want to support racing because it's so small, in Montana. We lose a track, or we we lose the crowd, or we lose something. Uh, it hurts racing, and it hurts your what you live for. And so you want to see every car out there every week. So if somebody you know, uh, you might not even get along. Maybe you're going through something where, like you said, you cut them off. You had a beef on the track, but if their track, if their car is wrecked, and you can help get it going. Uh, it's that kind of a community because you want as many cars as you can get each week out there at every track. Well, with COVID, with COVID and everything, there's racetracks in Montana that weren't able to even hardly open. Right. Mm-hmm. And if with <clears throat> when they were able to open, they can only have a certain number of fans. Well, sprint car races are expensive. It it requires a lot of fans in the stands to put the show on. Um, so we ended up having to travel out of state quite a bit. I mean, we're that's why we're in Rock Springs, Wyoming, and. Uh, Price, Utah, and stuff like that. It's it's we've had to go elsewhere where you could bring the fans to the racetrack, and that's so. When you say lose a racetrack, it's it's important to mm-hmm. you know just from a fan standpoint to be there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and speaking of that, I mean, if you were talking to somebody uh, right now who has not been, who's here in Montana, who has not been to a track, who's not been to an event, not seen a race locally, obviously there are going to be. Uh, some some events on the calendar i know you've probably got starred where would you tell somebody to go what do you think is going to be a good first experience for somebody if they come in uh completely green to to watch racing well how far do you want to travel well it's montana <laughs> dude yeah nobody's scared to drive this one drives seven hours across the state to shoot a deer wow yeah. and then missed yeah and drove seven hours back mad so <laughs> never done that <laughs> yeah so i mean i don't think i don't think traveling is is an issue for folks but i do think you know there's probably some awareness issues because it is a niche thing i know i i grew up in a racing family but i'm not i wasn't normal you know, not mo- mo- most kids in my my high school weren't going to the Detroit Grand Prix 
uh, to watch Formula One cars go, and I was only 45 minutes from downtown. Right. Well, you know, and like I said earlier, is <clears throat> the racetracks here in Montana are very nice racetracks. Belgrade is uh, – the nice thing about Belgrade is it's always over by 1030. There's a curfew there, so – it, you're not going to be racing at midnight still, which right. um, the new owners in Great Falls, I mean, Great Falls was notorious for racing until midnight. I mean, it's, and it burns fans out. You know, kids fall asleep in the bleachers, and mom and dad are having to carry the kids out, and it's... <clears throat> not it, not it, a great look. Well, it needs to be a show. Sure. You, you need to get in there, put on a show, and send people home. So it's not all about selling beer until midnight. The cool so. thing about the Montana tracks is that every one of them is a little different. You're not yep. going to see the same thing. The facility in Belgrade uh, is always, ever since they opened it, it's been the, the, the grandstands. The facility is fantastic. Uh, it's a smaller track. It's tighter, which for sprint cars, uh, and uh, one, if it's racy, if it, and, it, and it usually is, it's it's quite a show because it's a bunch of really fast cars on a really tight track. Uh, Great Falls is a little bigger and gets a little more speed. It's a it's a little more banked and but these tracks all have their own little intricacies, which every one of them has a positive. And for a guy like Trevor, I'm sure you have fun at each one of them for those reasons. Oh, for sure. It, it, the funny thing you say that is that you think Great Falls is bigger than Belgrade because it 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 feels that way. It looks mm -hmm. that way, but we run the exact same gear there. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> so it's it. You know, Billings Billings in the, is the biggest track in the state. Mm -hmm. um, you actually feel the wind, the wing speed there. Um, you got to drive the car a lot straighter. Which, uh, <clears throat> going back to that comment right, right. you made yeah. earlier, sprint cars. If you're if you're sideways, you're not going fast. I mean, it's right. you can't scrub speed. It looks like we're always sideways because we're turning a lot, but you've got to keep the car as straight as possible. So Great Falls, um, Belgrade, we run the same gear there. Um, same, but. I would say Great Falls is it feels faster because you're right against the right against the fence the whole time. Um, <clears throat> Belgrade, there's obviously it's got walls down the front straight away, and in turn three and four, but it's open elsewhere. So, well, and that's one of the things about the different classes because I didn't race sprint cars; I raced different cars. I raced super stocks for all modifieds. Those are a whole different story where you're running a different part. You don't run the wall all the way around Great Falls like you guys you guys do once the track gets worked in. So that is a that is a completely that's a that's a sprint car difference right there, and one of the things about the classes, yeah, for sure. You're, you know, and that's you know, you're. Well, I'd say I'd say the uh, Fender cards. I mean, they they brush up against the fence a lot more than you think they do. Sometimes, it's, yeah. Which it's it's. Uh, I, I started in street stocks. I actually raced against your brother yeah. Marty, and uh, and we raced street stocks back then. And I started in '97 with here in Helena, where we had a track. Um, so it, the track here in Helena closed in 98. So I only got to race a couple times here, but we, uh, you know, it's, you get, you get the fender cars and you got that whole, whole second passenger side over there. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, there's a lot of space between you and the wall. Well, there's a sprint car. You got a Nerf bar and a tire. That's it. I mean, it's, you can reach out and touch the wall if you're. And if the tire catches it, you're in trouble. <clears throat> yeah. Well. <laughs> A little bit. Honestly, you can bang it with the right rear. You just can't get the right front into it. Now, is one of the advantages to getting up to the sprint car level that you don't have to talk to the peasants that are still driving yes. the street stocks? No. Well, I wouldn't say they're peasants. And I, we get we get referred to as prima donnas all the time. A little bit because we, cause we come up we come up to the racetrack and we get catered to. I mean, we're I mean it's and that's it's tough being a sprint car guy. I mean, I have just as much respect for the street stock guy as. Oh, you don't have to. I do actually because it's it's true. I mean, it's we're all there with the same same interest. 
you know, it's just a different dollar level. I mean, it does. It's it's and it, you know they they, they get a it, it's kind of a running joke almost. But some guys do actually have a little animosity for the sprint cars. But it's mostly because of the pace. I mean, you guys, like you said, you're the show. There's no question about it. But they get push started, and so if there's an incident on the track and they all come to a stop, then then all the guys who are sitting there waiting for their race are all groaning because they have to restart them. <laughs> I mean, it's that you know it's part of the thing. But uh, but for the fans, trust me, they don't they don't care about that the the sprint cars are the show and oh it's so much fun I, the only thing i always joke to uh, sprint car drivers about is uh how many years do you have to race the sprint car before they issue you the flip-flops because they're always walking around in flip-flops <laughs> <laughs> and shorts and the other guys are over there in just grease covered jeans <laughs> it's it's a different level you got a nice hauler you've got nice equipment yeah you don't smell like antifreeze you can eat off a lot of the parts that they're working on it's, it's a whole different wow. deal you know, and that's and that's you know, and that's the tough part because, you know, I don't I don't I don't come into the racetrack and have feel like I'm better than anybody. Oh, you I'm should. Not. It's and that's and and I think that I mean they those guys that because they're referred to as a filler class when the sprint cars come sure. down, it's they think that and that's it's, you know, and it's just not right. I don't think I honestly don't because it's yeah. those guys are just as important as we are. No, I don't think that everybody's that way. And, and, and I got friends who race sprint cars, and I give them the same same amount of grief. Oh yeah, and I lot. grew up with the Dietzes. They're some. They're an incredible family that I've known since I was a kid, and uh, I just love watching them and, and going to talk to them at races and stuff because they're they they have literally grown up around their junkyard and Billings. I was Phil's best man in his wedding. Nice. So yeah, I mean it's <clears throat> we, Kenny once again, gave me a community. car. It is. Yeah. We, tight, can, we can actually community. we can actually have friendships in the race. Oh, world. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, well, no, it's the those guys are great people and you know it's it's fun i mean it's there's a lot to all of it you know it, the problem with it is is in today's world i've got a friend that's uh getting his kid into it and i've kind of been mentoring his kid for a few years and it's the dollar amount to get into this right. sport now is just incredible and it's i mean you can be a hundred grand and not even have what it takes to go to the racetrack yet yeah it's a it's a shocking investment i think when most people find out what it costs um, you know, going back to what Scott was saying earlier, when you get to the track and you hear the power, I'm always trying to tell my son, because anytime we see like whether whether it's NHRA, I've actually been down between the light posts at, you know, top fuel events where you got to breathe with your mouth open or your lungs die. And, uh, and like you just don't understand when you get close to a race car and it makes that noise. And whether it's a, a drag car or a sprint car or an indie car, there's just that thing. There's that thing that comes up and that's the, the show part. And that show ain't cheap. No, um, it's it's an unbelievable commitment. How often do you have to kind of revisit that? Go, okay, it's another year. Let's look at the ledgers and <laughs> and start doing the math and things. I mean, it, how tough is it? How tough is it to stay in the game financially? Because that is an enormous component to this thing. Oh, it's it's a business for sure. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I'm a commercial banker by you know. You'd almost <clears throat> have to be. Well, no, and I'm not able to. I'm not able to get close to the vault, so that doesn't help either. But uh, no, it. So yeah, the, I'm a numbers guy. When it comes to that, it's it's all about the numbers and trying to make it all make sense. And it, it, you can't make it make sense. Right. At the end of the day, it's just it's so stupid expensive. It's, you know, a barrel of fuel. Well, let's, a, a left rear tire, three hundred bucks. Right. You know, it yeah. barrel fuel is going to be. They're they're saying upwards to three fifty to. You know, three hundred to three fifty. Last year it was two seventy-five. I mean, it's and you burn a barrel of fuel every fifty-five gallons in two two and a half nights, two nights. Right. So that being said, are there nights when you uh, 
you know you can't flip a car, so you're a little less aggressive <laughs> because well, you got to wait a little bit. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I, being the car owner and the driver and everything, having to make it make sense, is it it costs you wins. It does. Oh, I mean, yeah. you, you don't fill the void that you should be filling. If it was somebody else's dollar, you, right. would, you would fill it and don't care. And it's and <clears throat> I'm trying to get better about that as time goes on, but uh, – you just have to race for the win and forget everything else, and it's hard to do at times. How, how at this <clears throat> level do you court sponsorships? Do you court partnerships? Because obviously, you know, anybody that watches racing, you see the logos, you see wherever it is in the world. That's a big part of it to offset some of that cost. Huge, it's a huge um, part. How do you maintain those? How, how much of your life is maintaining those relationships? You know, it it there's it's a lot of work, but on the same token, I've. I've had sponsors, very few sponsors have come and left with our program. It's So you try to take really good care of people. And, and, I, and I don't like to refer to them as sponsors because sponsors, people just want something and thanks for your sponsorship. Right. And don't give anything back. Well, I almost want to look to marketing partners or partners. You know, it's, it's <clears throat> this, whole, this whole team deal is so much bigger than me. People think that it's, it's all me. Well, it's not. It's my dad, Chris. I mean, he's my uncle Stu. It's, it, it's. My cousin Travis. It's I mean it's Joe Speakers. You know has been with us forever. Um, it's there's a lot of people that go to the races and it's a big part of their life. Bill Willis, um, Bill and Kathy Willis. They've, they've been with me for 25 years this year. It's, Man, uh, it's tough to do that in any business. It is. I mean, and it's, but we, you just got to take care of people. Right. And they take, you know, they got to be in it for the right reasons, too, because uh, it used to be uh, drivers would, would be talking about getting your logo out in front of people, which is is, is valuable because you get, race fans are great about that, about supporting companies in places that support racing. But when you got a guy uh, like Trevor who races sprint cars and doesn't race right here in Helena every week and get, and travels out of the state, you need sponsors, you, you need partners who are going to support racing. And they're right. supporting you, and they're supporting for the right reasons. And in return for that they get some cool stuff and they get to be a part of this which i think is uh, part of the reason why a lot of these people do it but uh when when these businesses and and individuals support racing i, I just think it's huge it is such a big thing and it's important these are small businesses uh, every track in montana is a small business and it's a lifestyle and it's also just uh it's to me families uh, as in a racing family I think there's a lot of really good things for young people who get into it. I think there's just a lot of positives for it. And if they're not in it for the right reasons, if they're saying, you know, well, nobody's coming into my store and say they saw my 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 logo on your wing. Right. You need to you need to look a little bit past that, and you need to be in it for the for the reasons I mentioned. Well, I think marketing stuff in general. I mean, you as a radio company, you guys look at that and did you hear me on the? How'd you hear about us? Did you hear us on the radio? Did you hear Did you hear the ad? You know, from a business standpoint, it's you guys are selling marketing all the time, too. So you guys... I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. We just talk. I was going to say, generally speaking, we're in someone's office getting ex- having uh, the Ride Act read to us about how we cost somebody some marketing dollars. <laughs> well. <laughs> it all depends on how you do it. We crash a lot, um, is what I'm saying. Whatever the radio equivalent is of going over the wall, that's us. Yeah. Um, hmm. Angie actually referred to that when I came in today. <laughs> She sure said, she did. There's a reason why you guys are in the furthest corner. <laughs> yeah, no, right next to the exit. But when they have to escort us out with security, it's a short walk. I've heard about you getting escorted out before. It's happened before. And stuff like oh, that. Oh, more than once. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm really good at it now. Let me ask you this, because, I mean, you're still a Montanan. Yep. You know, you've still got uh, this entire state to choose from, and I'm sure at some point you try to 
break away from racing and break away from the track and take a break? What do you do for your whatever your off season looks like? Whatever that is, those months. What do you uh, What are you spending your time on? Well, you try to take care of your wife and your family <laughs> a little bit because you're, you're you're away from your family a lot. I mean, let me write that down. So it sounds like a good idea. <laughs> it's, take, uh, take care. So speaking of that, it's my <laughs> wife's birthday today. So oh, no. happy birthday, Angie! But <clears throat> no, it's uh, it's it's. You know, you spend a lot of time with family, try to anyways, and you're building for the next year. I mean, it's, it's, you're getting everything ready to go. We bought a trailer last year. We, I've obviously, like I said earlier, I got a friend that's getting his kid into it. So he ended up buying my trailers. <clears throat> he bought some of our stuff to try and it's already done, ready to go. Right. So he, you know, he can get in there and start from, not from scratch. Uh, <clears throat> so we ended up buying a trailer and we've been spending a lot of time on that. My dad and my uncle and. Steve and I and the crew um, been working on getting that ready to go, getting it all organized. Um, <clears throat> I, like I said, I'm leaving tomorrow to go pick up the new motors and new cars. So we'll be we'll be thrashing on getting those together, and then you know it's just getting the graphics done, getting everything ready to go because March 20th or May May 20th is coming soon. And racing's not a weekend activity at all. It's a five days a week, especially all summer. You have to get it. You've, it, it I was going to say you have to sacrifice your summers, but that's what your summers are. I mean, that's really that is it's racing all all, all racing all the time. It is a sacrifice. My kid was playing baseball for years, you know, and my wife and kid were going one way, and I was going another. You know, they were playing baseball in <clears throat> Missoula or Kalispell or something, and I was going to Billings. You know, it's or getting home on getting home late Saturday night and heading to watch the Sunday part of their tournament you know it's a, so it's you got to try and do your best to make it all work yeah you're not camping or putting the boat in on the weekends when everybody else is uh backed up at the ramp trying to get a spot because you're constantly traveling during that time of the year yeah it's it's tough i've heard <laughs> i've heard so many racers who uh get out of it for uh, at least for a while and they'll get out of it and say why are you getting out of it like i want to go fishing like that's the you hear that almost more than any other reason well phil deets phil deets got out of it the deets has got out of it for a little while they're all back in they're back. because it's it's a disease i mean it's <clears throat> it's it's tough it never gets out of your blood you i do the eye racing thing because it's as close as i can get and uh and it's never you will never ever not want to get in a race car the rest of your life that's if you come from a racing family and that and and like I said four generations it doesn't leave you it just doesn't leave you and i've had people tease once in a while like you want to drive my car for a weekend and I'm like you have no idea like that's happened and then it just i don't i'll be 80 years old and you're gonna want to you're gonna want to get in the car if, if the opportunity presented itself my mom did my mom was the first female racer in montana in 1973 and uh there was a point when she was older and we had friends and we were all racing and uh, we had some friends who were in the same club we were racing street stocks and one of my friends says i have got to see your mom drive a car i've heard stories i want to see her drive and he goes i'm going to give her my car for a weekend i want to see it and he had a really pretty good car and so he stuck her in it and she went out and she won a heat race by like a half a lap and i didn't believe she was driving i was in the i was on the other end i'm like no she didn't get in his car that's got to be wade and she nope it was her she went out and just went out there and just absolutely ripped around the track it was pretty cool so what do you think you're an addict oh yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it, it feels like you're kind of a drug addict and that's it, why and guys like me don't go to the track as often drugs might be cheaper you're gonna. Yeah. <laughs> my Some dad aspect. used to you say, "Want to look into that?" <laughs> I used to say, "Dad, why don't you come out to the track?" And he's like, "I, I'll get back in a car. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to get. I don't want to go out and race again 
when I'm thinking about it, but you get to the track and you're like, man, if I just, you know, that car is for sale. I mean, it's going to happen to you every time. Yeah. It's, it's, <clears throat> you know, and that's, like I said earlier with, I feel bad about, you know, the kids that play sports, you know, ball sports. I mean, it's it, at some point that kind of ends. Right. From, from I mean, you can do your rec sports and stuff like that, and Derek's been doing some Oh, and there are some it, rec league heroes out there. They're sad. Race car drivers aren't sad. <laughs> the guy that's 47 and still playing pickup hockey like he's going to be picked up by the Maple Leafs, that guy's sad. Well. I mean, race you, car drivers you aren't just, sad. You just never know. <laughs> Bowling. Never, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of sad. Yeah. yeah. I'm still you know, in the league. <laughs> Uh, where can people find you, man, uh, if they're interested in, in Kirkland Racing and, and learning what you're all about and being able to chase you around and watch you race? Well, uh, obviously, we have a Kirkland Racing Facebook page. I We did get rid of our, our website to just <clears> – <throat> it seems like everybody's kind of gone away from the website. It's another job. And, well, yeah. and it is. Being a web it, administrator is yeah. another job. I, Dave Combs does a really good job for me on that side of things. He, he, does, he runs all the marketing side of stuff for that. Um, and so that's, that's nice. I don't have to do that, but, um, Facebook and then obviously we at the, at the shop where you can usually find us in the shop out there. So it's kind of nice that avoid the shops too. That'll get you back. I was going to say, you can pick pick up a wrench and then, then you're going to be luckily. I don't know squat about cars. telling your wife why she can't park in the driveway anymore because there's a hauler in there. Keep him away from all that. Well, and you can obviously find us at the racetrack. Yeah. Absolutely. And I I suggest people do, man. If it it is, it is one of those things that, you know, much like Scott's point, with hockey, with racing, if you watch it on television, you lose some of the essence of the speed that you just can't. You just can't. You can't understand the power of those motors and the way that there is something that happens anytime I go to any track. I don't care what it is or what kind of racing it is. They fire those engines. I'm like, oh, there, there, there it is. And then I'm, I'm that kid on the fence with my fingers sunk in like Spider Man again. And I'm go, 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 go. I got to watch, you know. Yep. Um, and it's, it's something that you absolutely can't simulate any other way. Not especially Great with Falls the, in Belgrade or right up the road is not a far trip to either one of those. Right. They're both great shows. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I think we're there to, well, let me look at the schedule here. You know, send people to either one. Well, yeah. ASCS probably got a full schedule it, on there. That's, that's where you find the sprint car stuff. Right. Yeah. ASCS frontier page, um, on the ASCS website. Um, or like I said, uh, so uh, Great Falls is the twenty seventh and twenty eighth, and is the first weekend in, in the state for us. Excellent of May. Oh, fantastic, man! Well, I truly appreciate you coming in here. It's, oh yeah, it's an interesting thing. The, uh, Scott and I talk a lot off uh, offline about racing in the. I know the racing communities I've been exposed to over the years are pretty tight knit, and then you add in one hundred and forty four thousand square miles, give or take, uh, and that's just in Montana. And it was something that, was, to me, was really, really interesting, how you maintain those connections over that amount of geography in a competitive environment. And P.S., two years of pandemicness where we were not sure what we could do and go to and enjoy, and uh, everybody trying to get back to it. I'm sure it's going to be a big relief to get this season started in full grandstands and, and get back after it. Yeah, we haven't we, we got to race in Great Falls uh, <clears throat> once in the last three years. Right. One weekend, so it's it's kind of nice to be able. Like I said, we have seven nights in Great Falls this year where nice. we've been having to travel elsewhere. So it's nice to get back up there. Um, we'll five nights in Belgrade and seven nights in Billings this year in the state. So that's a good schedule. Yeah, it's it is. It's really good. And it and you said earlier that we don't get to be at the same track every time. So it's uh, <clears throat> it's kind of nice because you don't get the drama, but uh, <laughs> we still have the drama within our series. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I, I can't thank you enough, Trevor. Thank you for taking the time, man. It was, well, thanks for having it was me fun. on. fun. Yeah. Do it again. Thanks again for checking out episode four of the Big Sky Boneheads podcast. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, review, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, feel free to reach out, Michael, at Montana Radio. If there's a place you found that doesn't have it, well, let me know. And we'll put it there. That's how we do it. Thanks again, and uh, do the thing. And then we'll see you in episode five in, in about a week.